1: Weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. drive.
2: Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 1057 The Fan, here with my guy, Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 1057 The Fan. And today we have a great, great guest your favorite twitter's favorite everyone's favorite we go to him for everything uh our guy jeff zriebeck from the athletic i want to say thank you jeff for joining us this is this is an honor to have you here because i feel like everybody goes to you and asks you all the questions when it comes to uh raven's everything so thank you
1: no no problem thanks for having me, guys i really appreciate it happy to join you
2: So obviously, you know, the big question is, uh, is Lamar coming? And we have heard so many different things being swirled around from different media outlets. Um, The most interesting one was Ian Rappaport. I don't know if you guys saw. He was on the the Pat McAfee show, I believe. And he talked about it. And it was really a bunch of word salad, if (laughs) I could be frank. He, it just sounded like words. Oh, I, we think that he might play, but then we don't know because there's swelling and then this, that, and the third. So I got nothing from that report. I have no idea exactly what that means. Some people are saying that the, the Ravens feel like there's a really good chance. You see people on social media saying, "Well, Lamar posted this on his Instagram story about, you know, someone posted at him to to be ready for Sunday cuz they wanted to beat down the Bengals and he reposted it." So, do we really have an idea of what's going to happen if Lamar plays on Sunday or not?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's like I don't think people are accepting of the fact that they, they don't know, you know, I just think people think there's a definitive answer right now, early in the week before they've had the first full practice of the week. And, and, and there really is not. Um, now I, I will say late last week, you know, being, being at the facility again, I did sense optimism that they feel like he'll be ready to go. Um, You know, I clearly sensed that. I, in a way, felt like how John Harbaugh approached um, Sunday's game against the Bengals with who he played tells me that they're hopeful that he'll be ready to go, holding out, you know, kind of their three of their offensive studs and saying, okay, next week we'll have Lamar back and we'll, we want these guys as fresh as possible, Andrews, Dobbins, Zeitler, and we're going to take our best shot then. I mean, to me, that kind of was an indication that they're they're optimistic that, that Lamar will be ready. Um, but, yeah, I don't think – We know yet because he hasn't practiced and him being on the practice field is one thing. How does he look? How does his knee feel the next day? Um, All those things they need answers on now. You know, I I was in the building late last week, and 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 you know Lamar walked right by me at one point. He was coming, using workout gear, so he's obviously been working out. He's obviously been doing things. Um, they they know they've been evaluating off of that how he looks, how he's moving around. Um, and there seemed to be some optimism late last week that uh, he has a decent shot here uh, to be ready to go. But, you know, until he gets through that first practice, until he moves around a little bit, until they see how his knee responds to the, the increase in activity, uh, I don't think they know. But, you know, I, I sure as heck expect Lamar to uh, do everything in his power this week to get ready to be out there Sunday night.
2: Yeah, and and I wanted to preface something Cordell mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that like at one point he saw him you know walking around and and he did have a limp this was a few a, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and then Cordell I believe you mentioned that you had seen him again and that he looked better he didn't have a limp the, you know when you had saw him recently it so it wasn't
0: as noticeable right that's, that's what yeah what, it wasn't as noticeable normal. the first
2: time you know, you seen him it was noticeable and then right. it was less noticeable when you saw him the second time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that in itself gave me a little more optimism. Um, and like Jeff said, the way that they've kind of gone about it, number one, I, I truly don't think that they know what's going on with him. I, I think that Harv's is to the point now to where, and he's pretty much said it, he's kind of been wrong on some of his assessments or you know his his uh his just uh, optimism on guys coming back earlier uh, than, than later. And so in this case, especially with as high profile of of a player as Lamar is, he's kind of, you know, being, being cautious with this one. And, And I don't necessarily blame him. I think the reason you have people all up in a rave right now is because you get, harbs to come out there friday and say he doesn't know anything he doesn't have any updates and then literally no more than 24 hours later you got the national guys saying yeah the ravens are feeling optimistic that lamar is going to play next week so you know and then a couple weeks before you got the reports of lamar not going to his workouts and then a week later as lamar is going to his workouts i don't think anybody really knows what to believe right now and everybody's kind of in the dark. And then the people who are supposed to have a better idea of what's going on, they're saying they don't know anything. So it's just, it's just a mixed bag right now. And I get it with, with this, like, again, as high profile of a player as Lamar is, these things are going to happen. Like Jeff said, I expect, I do think Lamar is going to try his hardest to get back out there. We'll see if he practices Wednesday. I think that'll be a good telltale as far as him trending in the right direction and also obviously how does he look when he's out on the field and I wouldn't be surprised if they are very stingy with how much we get to see as the media uh, of him on Wednesday simply because you know they, they don't really want the cat out the bag just yet Uh, but if he's out there Wednesday we'll see if he's out there Thursday and see how it trends throughout the rest of the week but obviously I think it goes without saying they need number eight on the field if they're gonna have any any type of chance.
2: I I I gotta I really have to ask because you as you guys know, um, the the fan base has been in a frenzy over the past few weeks, which has kind of spawned some other conversations just about Lamar's future here and such. And do, and we know that the Ravens are an organization that really don't like to give a lot of details about injuries. We saw this with Rashad Bateman. We saw uh, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Perriman, I'm sorry. We've seen this before, right, where they've kind of been – ziplocked about injuries um and so Lamar is no different do we think that this could have been handled a little bit differently because you know of what is going on and by that I mean the contract situation um because it really does feel like the lack of I, I, I liked what Harbaugh said on Friday and I feel like had he said that weeks ago mm-hmm. maybe we would not have been as you know uh fanatical about this situation as they as we've seen and so I do wonder if the Ravens could have handled this differently early on just saying we don't know you know we're, we're gonna just try to get them worked up and, and, and work them out and this that and the third as opposed to well yeah a couple weeks and then you know how everything else went
1: yeah you know I, I, I and I've talked about this quite a bit it's it's funny people's reaction and it seems to be they're acting like they are different with Lamar now obviously Lamar's stature what he means to the team who he is is different but when is John Harbaugh been a font of injury information exactly. you know it's like people are like oh he's gone tight he's tight-lipped about pretty much everybody uh-huh. um and then when you he gets it's it's a you know he's Talks a little more about it, or you know, in training camp, and then when you get towards the season, he shuts down a little bit, and then by the end of the season, when you're playing must-win games, it's nothing. So yeah. I, I think he is pretty much following how they usually handle it. Um, but one thing, uh, read, and I, and and I said this to a team employee. I would have I would have suggested Lamar to talk to the media. Um, I think Lamar saying something like look i'm doing the best i can to get back i want to get back i'm not making this isn't a a you know stance i'm taking to boycott my contract none of that i think that would have quieted some of the noise yeah. and and that's just not really how they do business i'm sure lamar's not pushing to meet the media either uh, he's quite content you know doing stuff in the background and not kind of You know, adding to it, but I thought that would have kind of gone a long way to to kind of turn down the temperature of all this. Um, And the second part is, and I think you get some of this talk and speculation, um, you know, and I don't want to go too inside journalist here, but I think you get it with Lamar because there's no agent involved and there's no inner circle involved. And I, Ravens have always been an organization that do not say much, if at all, about injuries. Where the injury information comes out about their players is usually from agents. So when there, when that element or when that variable is subtracted from this and we're talking about, you know, a star player, one of the faces of the league, I think it gets even more awkward because there's nothing out there. And people will so many people want to know about Lamar. So I've always been, yeah, I would be a little more transparent about injuries um, than they are. But I also don't blame Harbaugh in a sense because if he came – look, there's no question with this Lamar injury, it's taken longer than they thought. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's dogging it in rehab and and he's not willing to play. You know, Most people, when he had this injury, said these injuries can be tricky and he's probably not going to be 100% for a while. And and I just think that's more of what we're dealing with, not any contract stance, uh, stance, not any lack of effort. This is just kind of what we're dealing with. This is a tricky injury. Lamar's kind of a different, you know, kind of quarterback who who relies more on on mobility. And, and you add that to a team that really doesn't give a whole lot of in, in, injury information, and a, pl- and a player who doesn't have an agent. And I think that's why you got so much silence and, and kind of awkwardness with this whole situation.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. This this. Injury is is very unique, especially considering, like you said, Lamar being a mobile quarterback. If it's his knee, you know that's those that's his money maker right mm-hmm. there. I, and I think a lot of times people get caught up with with these players getting injured, and they look at it like it's Madden. You know, they could just come back out there, and oh, Harv said day to day or week to week. So in three weeks, he should be a hundred percent ready to go. It just doesn't work that no, way. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of times, and I think like and the lack of communication doesn't help and i totally understand harbs being that this way with pretty much all the injuries on his team i just feel like in certain situations you have to kind of go outside of your norm and the fan base has been basically on fire uh these last couple of weeks and I, i just feel like for them they do care about their public perception. They care about how people feel about them as an organization. I just, to a, to a degree, I feel like it's naive to be able to to think that you can have a player of Lamar stature, have this type of injury at this time of year. Um, And then, obviously, what's going on with this contract situation, people have their own speculations. If you don't put anything out there, you open up the door for people to speculate. And more times than not, when people speculate, they're going to be wrong. But you're going to get what you're going to get because they can't get any information from you. And I have no issue with what Harb said on Friday. Like Rita said, I would have preferred if he had said that a couple of weeks prior because I think that that would have put a little bit of the flames out. Uh, maybe not all of them, but it would have simmered it down a little bit. And yeah, Jeff, it would have been great if Lamar would have been able to talk to us and uh, tell, you know, uh, basically assure people that he is trying to work his way back because people are questioning everything right now pertaining to Lamar and the Ravens and their relationship. And will we not only see Lamar again this year, but are we going to see Lamar ever again in a Ravens jersey? Like people are taking it. To that extent we saw it with Ronnie Stanley, you know, when Ronnie Stanley was on his way back, people were kind of going crazy at that time. Is Ronnie Stanley ever going to play for the Ravens? And they were just as tight lipped then as they are right now, to their yeah. credit. Um, I, I just I just feel like in this situation, considering everybody understands what the strength of your team is and what you can do in the playoffs with or without Lamar, you 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 would want to get in front of that a little bit. I also wonder just from a Lamar standpoint, at what point does he decide to take business, make a business decision? Lamar has taken it upon himself to be his own agent. He's he's handling all the business side of the football things to this point. He hasn't really done anything business wise other than decline a contract offer, but he hasn't taken it upon himself to kind of do the do anything on the ugly side of the business, if that makes sense. He hasn't held out. Sure, he missed, you know, OTAs, but he hasn't done anything within his player rights to to show like I'm kind of putting the pressure on you guys now because I, I do want my money at the end of the day. I just wonder if what is the pros and cons for him as a player? that doesn't have anything guaranteed after this year to come back out there on a bum knee, understanding his style of play, understanding this offense and how much is built around him and the load he's going to have to carry. Is he able to do that? And does he feel like it'll be worth it to go out there and run the risk? I'm not saying that he won't. I just wonder if these are the type of things that he's thinking about considering he's his own agent. He's he's the one that has to decide this type of stuff.
1: And you also know there's a ton of people in his ear. Oh, a ton no of people. Oh, sure. No Don't play Lamar. You're crazy. They're, we're seeing how much they miss you. Um, you know, but one thing, uh, and, well, well, two quick things here. One thing, I think Lamar deserves the benefit of the doubt of all people. This guy, since he's been here, has been nothing but about winning that is yep. clearly that's, you know, every, all his moves have suggested winning has always been the number one thing. He showed up to training camp on time and to think that, okay, I'm going to pick, I forgot what week that uh, Broncos game was, but I'm going to pick week 14 <laughs> to make a statement, right. and, you know, forget week one to 13. I'm going to it's right. going to be week 14 <laughs> and, and I'm going to make a statement. Then um, I, I just, I, you know, I never believed that was about the business, but I do believe Cordell is absolutely right. I mean, there's people in his ear questioning, like, is it the best thing if you're not 100% to come at back? Like, I'm sure. And and I'm sure it's, it's from a lot of different factors. Um, but the interesting thing about Lamar is you know, he, he marches to the zone beat. He does not really impact it a whole lot, but what outsiders are saying about what other people are saying, I think that's why people don't necessarily understand me included some of the stuff. Um, but this is how he chooses to go about things. Um, and uh, you know, you have to respect that.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm with you hundred percent, Jeff. I've said this numerous times. He has given us no reason to believe that it's not, thing other other than you know the injury and and you creating these these situations because that's something you would do is unfair to Lamar because that doesn't mean that that's what he is going to do Mm -hmm. and I'd like to to prefer I'd like to use the the uh example too of although this is not the same sport you see Kevin Durant um is out with um a PCL and and so you've heard immediately he, he they're going to reassess in two weeks, but they think that this is a six week injury. Uh-huh, it is yeah. very possible that uh Lamar's situation is this is the same. However, in the NBA, for whatever reason, you know, like you said, it's very possible because Kevin Durant has an agent we're hearing these yep. things we're, we're getting mm-hmm. this type of information and lamar does not and so we're not getting this type of information we have a distinct idea what the timeline is for kevin durant and yet we have no idea what's going on with lamar and i agree that a lot of that is due to the fact that the representation for him is just him and his mother and so i just think that we have to start giving some situations some grace i don't think the ravens thought that this would take as long as yep. it did and it did and then i also think that lamar probably wants to get Get back as much as anybody else. If somehow the Ravens beat the Bengals with Lamar and beat, you know, everybody else and get to the Super Bowl, hey, even get to the AFC Championship game with this roster, you don't think that that, that ups his auntie and what it is no. that he's trying to do in the offseason? That's why I don't understand why people think you know, sitting is the best thing. Of course, if you're not healthy, I'm not suggesting that you play. I'm saying that if you're in a position that you think that you can contribute to this team, it's better positioned for you to play. Because if you do win these games, um, I'm going to ask for way more money. I was already probably going to ask for more money to begin with, but now I've won some playoff games unprecedented with the roster talent that you've given me, particularly at the wide receiver position. And so it, it just doesn't make sense to me why we just think Lamar's just quiet quitting, for yeah. lack of a better term. So,
1: yeah, I, I mean, you know, two things. One, I think if we, I think the whole notion about these injury timelines. Okay, well, a uh, torn ACL, you should be back in this time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that has to be out the window now. Yeah. After what we've experienced this year, mm-hmm. and after what we hearing more about how serious Nick Boyle's injury was, how serious mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins's injury was. We have to stop about and I'm not saying us in particular. I, no, I just no. think there's this perception you have to be back by a certain time. Um, because that's how it's always been. Well, no, you, you know, like you talk to people like Jimmy Smith. I, I talked to him, he's pretty much had every injury in the book, and I talked to him about his Achilles, and he always said his Achilles one of his easiest rehabs he's ever had. Like people are like, Okay, well, Achilles is as bad as it gets, you should be back quicker from an ACL than Achilles. Well that's not always the way so I, I think we the, the you know the the outside perception about you know all rehabs aren't linear they're not always going to get better um so um, and then the other thing about it with Lamar um in terms of like i I, I mean th- we could talk this whole time about it is he helping his and I'm not saying this is all intentional I don't believe it is I, he's hurt but people saying well his his value is just going up because they're showing how much they miss him and need him okay you can take that perspective but you also can take the perspective that for second straight year in must win games down the stretch (laughs) against divisional opponents they do not have their starting quarterback and that is problematic it is hard to win that way we're seeing it I, i don't again it's not lamar's fault but I don't see how him missing time being out is necessarily helping his value, especially around the league. I I mean, yes, somebody will pay him. Yes. If they put him on the market, somebody will probably make them a a huge offer, but that has to be in people's minds. I mean, this guy has not played football much late in seasons, two years in a row. So I don't necessarily think him being out is necessarily helping his cause uh, like some other people do. I mean, there's two aspects of that, obviously that we just discussed.
0: Yeah, I, I I said it the other day. I think Lamar's in a lose-lose situation, to be honest with you. Uh, if, if he sits out, it's kind of like the scenario you're saying. You know, it's back-to-back years. We're down the stretch, the, the most important time of the year. He's unavailable. And this is a guy who the Ravens have built their entire offense around. So if he's not there, you know, they're SOL at that point. Um, and then you look at the flip side, he does go back out there and play. Realistically, this is a Ravens offense that wasn't looking good even when Lamar was yeah. healthy. Yeah. Uh, so they go he goes back out there, and at this point, he's what at best, maybe like 70, 80 percent, and just not able to do the things that makes Lamar special. He could arguably go out there and look look terrible, or God forbid, re injure himself and then it's like I lost money here. I, I just feel like he's in an impossible situation right now. Uh, where is 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 not much room for it, for it to come out uh, as, as in a successful way. I mean, it's just hard for me to. I mean, the obviously the ideal way would be for Lamar to come back and then the Ravens go on a run and win yeah. maybe two playoff games or something like that. Then I mean he's rolling in dough yeah. at that point. But <laughs> I mean it's, it's like to just to get to that point, and that's with the the fact that he's now injured and everything. This is an offense that is not good. They're just, you know, the offense is not good right now. So it's, it's, it's just a, a a bad situation to be in. I think for him and, and uh, sadly, you know, I think he's going to be judged whether he does, whether he does or doesn't play, whether he does go out there and isn't able to look like himself. I don't think people are going to look at it like, well, he's hurt. Like, especially not the people that have to give him the money that's not that's not what they're gonna care about. I they always go off of what the last time they saw you what, what you look like the last time they saw you on the football field. I don't think he wants that to be him potentially being helped off the field or him going out there and having a lackluster performance. But I also don't think he wants to be known as this guy that can't be relied on or possibly quitting on his team. You never know the perceptions that are out there whether they're true or false. It's just what people think is just what they're going to go with. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not an easy decision to make, but this is kind of what goes with, I guess, representing yourself and, and, and being in the league.
2: I agree. So we will find out this week. Does he practice? Does he not practice? We won't know by the time this episode drops, but we'll know shortly after if, if he's seen at practice. I'm sure you guys both will let us know. So make sure that you're both following Cordell and Jeff, and we will see if he shows up at practice. If not, um, (laughs) maybe we should stay offline for a little bit, (laughs) but (laughs) we will find out shortly if Lamar does return this weekend. All right, before we get to our next segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So the Ravens played um, Cincinnati, obviously, at the end of the season, which it it really meant nothing. And due to the situation between the Bills and Cincinnati game, you know, the the division went to the Bengals. We, We understand that. And so I don't know what, you know, the Ravens decided, to play the defense and allow some of their offensive players to to get some rest. I'm a little confused about that, Jeff. Maybe you can give me some insight on that, but um, I, I am curious if you believe that anything was built or learned in the game on Sunday as the Bengals did play their starters, because obviously they didn't want to go through the whole coin toss and, you know, blah, blah situation, which, ironically, would have been in the play had the Ravens won because the Chargers did lose to the Broncos. So I, I am curious to know if if the Ravens really feel like this was something that they could build on uh, based on, you know, how their defense played. And, and then look, the offense didn't play as bad as I thought that they would play with the third-string quarterback. Uh, or do you have to just kind of clean this slate and say, okay, that was just that... Now this is the playoffs. This is a different ball game. So yeah. I expect to see something completely different.
1: Yeah. You know, I think there's a little bit of both. I, I, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a, we've all seen, you know, the game moves faster in the playoffs. It's more physical. Usually uh, more is let go. Uh, teams hold stuff back. I think the Bengals certainly were holding stuff back. Um, I imagine the the Ravens were too. Um, so I, I don't make too many grand conclusions Um, but you know, I I wonder, you know, when, when, you know, I was out there and I was kind of, I was trying to figure out and and Harbaugh predictably didn't uh, gain much insight on why he chose to go about it like that. But I mean, I think one Dobbins has been battling knee injury all year. Zeitler has been on the injury report for a good while now. Mark Andrews has has been, you know, with the knee and shoulder. So I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is they knew they were going to probably have a third string quarterback in there. So, why put those guys out there? Um, You know, and risk with the third string quarterback. Let's just go with our young guys and and try to do some things. I I think there might have been a psychological aspect of that. Like, okay. Bengals can't gain too much confidence here if they beat up on us when we have a third string quarterback kind of out that like the, the how you know we're gonna take our best shot next week with our guys as healthy as possible and hopefully Lamar's in the mix. Um and, and uh, that that's we're not gonna you know put up big offensive numbers anyway with a third string quarterback on there. Um, but you know, to me what they did sure seems to suggest that defensively they wanted to send a message. Um, by that as okay we're not going away we're not afraid of you we're not stepping you know we don't mind coming back here Uh, we're going to give you our best shot defensively here Uh, we're going to hopefully get a few hits in Um, you know and I'm not talking about illegal I'm just talking about you know make sure the Bengals know they're there kind of put it in their heads that they're not going away they're not afraid of them they're not afraid of going toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow and that highly touted Bengals offense and in the process maybe we put a little doubt in Their head, like, look, you know, like we've now played well against you twice, uh, you know, twice in the season, Um, and and I think there's maybe a a little. You know, fills uh, I always mess that word up, but psychological advantage you can gain there, um, uh, and and I think that's kind of part of it. And, and you know, like you y- you give a couple hits, you, you 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 know, you make them feel it a little bit rather than just starting all backups and probably letting them move up and down the field. You know, that probably helps you in another week. It was an interesting call. I'd love uh, to talk to John off the record about kind of what went into that call, um, but. Uh, you know, I didn't it didn't surprise me that they played. It surprised me that they played the whole game. Um, you know, pretty much. Didn't, but to be honest, it surprised me that Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley played almost the whole game too.
2: Exactly.
1: I yeah, think that that's I'm, my. I,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm Cordell. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I am just. I couldn't understand. Like, is it because of of the amount of offensive linemen that you had available that you you felt like you needed to play those guys? I I was really confused considering the fact that you allowed Zeitler to rest. You know, because obviously he had dealt with some injuries early um, in the season. I mean, a a couple of weeks ago. But correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, Morgan Moses was dealing with some injuries as well. And obviously from a week ago. Right. And obviously, Ronnie Stanley hadn't played a whole season. He had just gotten back the season as well. So I guess that's the part that confused me a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was just as confused as you guys were. Um, And. Yeah, I, I asked Hobbs about it Monday and didn't didn't really get much of an answer. It, I was surprised to hear him say he's shocked about how much attention it's getting. But, it, <laughs> I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be. If, if they decided to rest their starters across the board, that'd be one thing. You know, but if you're going to rest JK, I, I'd have been okay with resting Gus. You got Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. I get you can't rest everybody, but in positions like that, where you've, where you've got another two running backs to replace the two that you would have set. I'm okay with that. In the situation of Ronnie Stanley, like Ronnie can't even practice a whole week, but yet he gets, he, he's able to, he's the guy that gets to go out there and play pretty much the entire game because we didn't see Fa Lele and Makari over the left tackle until the the last drive of the game. Uh, I think it's when we saw Fahlele. So I, that was kind of concerning to me. De- defensively, It was like I I just took it as though that's them trying to win. They, them sending out their defensive unit is them going out there saying, Well, we're at least, you know, going to give somewhat of our best shot. Their best shot is their defense. Uh, And I think that they did kind of want to see how their defense matches up against Cincinnati, who played their starters the whole game. I'm not going to sit here and say Cincinnati called the game the way that they probably would have if it really mattered but I do think that they tried to do some of the stuff that they always try to do. They, they, I mean, had they had Joe Burrow and T Higgins been able to connect the Bengals could have won by like 20 points, but they just weren't, they weren't on the same page. Uh, And then you had, I mean, the Ravens who pretty much have been really good against the run all year. And Cincinnati hasn't been great running the ball at all this year, which is still a head scratcher to me, considering Joe Mixon's been there most of the year and he was so good last year. They have completely fallen off the cliff as far as efficiency in the run game. Um, But I I just took the Bengals having their starters out there for all four quarters. Let me know that they at least wanted to stomp the Ravens. I think that they came out there thinking that they were going to just run these dudes off the field and that they'd be able to rest their starters by halftime. And that really wasn't the case. Um, I do think that the Ravens have did some things in this game that'll give them optimism going into the wild card round. I think that they'll be able to run on this on this team. They did some pretty good things in the run game, and that was with Kenyon Drake and not even having Kevin Zeitler, who's arguably been their best offensive lineman this year, uh, out there. They were still able to uh, be efficient in the run game. The one thing that I was hoping for offensively is that they would find something in this game that would help spark the pass game. I don't know if they found that, but it, it, if nothing else, hopefully, and I asked John about this Monday, too, just trying to find a way to get production out of Isaiah Likely, even with Mark Andrews still on the field. The, Isaiah Likely has had a couple of good games this year, but Andrews has been out in each of those. Can they find a way to get both of these guys producing, especially considering you're getting nothing from the wide receivers? I mean, it's it's laughable at this point. The way that they really – let Anthony Brown down out there on Sunday was, was a joke. Uh, and I mean, it's clear as day what they have at the wide receiver position is, is getting to little to nothing at this point, but if they could find a way to really attack the middle of the field with these two tight ends that they have, even mitten a little Colar and, you know, go to the wide receivers as you need to. I mean, at some point they've got to make a catch. This is the NFL. Um, but you, you, you attack the middle of the field. Then maybe you get something going in the pass game. Obviously, they felt a little more comfortable being able to push the ball down the field with Anthony Brown than they do with Tyler Huntley. Anthony Brown has a little more of a laver arm. Uh, I don't think he's a, a world beater passer either. I mean, you know, he's a third string undrafted quarterback for a free eight I mean, for a reason, but at the same time. He does. He is able to push the ball down the field. He can make some throws. I just think that Roman and those guys got to do a better job of putting them in positions to succeed. Throwing the ball out of your own end zone at the back end of the half ain't going to cut it. That's That was just a recipe for disaster. But, yeah, defensively, I think that they're going to give them dudes all they can handle. Will Higgins be able to get back to his usual self this week? We'll see. Marcus Peters being back out there will obviously help as well.
2: Um, Before we go to the last segment, though, I want to know, do you think, if, let's say, Lamar is not able to play, what's the decision that you make at the quarterback position? Because... Anthony Brown did play them already. Yes, I know what the statistics say. I think he had like 286 passing yards and two interceptions. But like Cordell said, he's a better thrower, even though he that could use some work as well. And while we do acknowledge that he's an undrafted free agent, well, so was Tyler Huntley. So, I, you know, I mean, obviously one has more experience in playing than the other. So there's an advantage there. But do you feel like, anthony brown built on something that if lamar can't play he plays again or do you think that you have to go with tyler huntley because you know you just got to
1: i don't think you have to go with him again i i don't people probably don't want to hear this but i think it comes down to the state of tyler huntley's shoulder if you know he hasn't looked right and, and you know somebody somebody uh, from another team actually texted me during the the uh, Browns game where they had that terrible offensive performance, and he said, "What is the deal with Hunt? Like, it, it's just he had no zit like that." He just, I and mean, this isn't just a new injury. I mean, he, we, you know, you guys were out there over the summer. Yeah. He missed practices over the summer. I mean, this is something he's been dealing with. Uh, he just hasn't looked right, and he's a better player than he's shown. Yeah. I, I'm not going to come off as a Tyler Huntley apologist here, but he's a better player than he's shown um it also feels like there's much too much with tyler huntley of okay let's not screw this up let's not make a mistake we'll win this game with our running game we'll win this game with our defense and special teams you get to this point you can't have that attitude he needs to go out and try to make plays if that means holding on to the ball for a little longer okay but these constant like get rid of it on first you know just throw to your first option and and let's move on you're not going to be able to do this i think we saw with anthony brown It got him in trouble holding the ball for sure. But we also saw some elements of a downfield passing game, which we haven't seen in a while. So I think I I would, you know, I also want to know why didn't Anthony, was Anthony Brown under strict rules not to run the ball? I mean, that dude's a heck of an athlete. He can run. I will Um, say
2: this, Jeff, I, I, you know, I'm a big college football fan. So I, I followed him in Oregon. It wasn't really a strength for him to begin with. I just don't think he's extremely comfortable being a guy that runs around. I think, though, that you got to figure that out now, particularly in this offense. But to me, it was not – it was not – out of the realm for him the things that I saw for him on Sunday because it's very similar to what I saw from him at Oregon
1: yeah I mean his 40 times suggests he can run but yeah it probably is not in his it may not be in skill set but at some point you got to keep the ball Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be honoring that and and there was there was no reason for them to honor the quarterback run when he wasn't doing it and would it be the stupidest thing in, in how they played that game to tell him look we have quarterback questions going forward. Do not take any hits. Uh, if you can't avoid running it. No, that probably would be some, that probably would be pretty smart uh, to be honest with you. They can't afford losing another guy, but I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think they have a decision to make if it's no Lamar, I really do. But ultimately until Tyler Huntley can throw the football and gets back throwing the football, you know, he didn't throw the ball last week at practice. I mean, Cordell you know, saw it more than me, Um, you know, I I think it's a matter of is he healthy enough to make some plays downfield with his arm? And if he's not, I think you have to go with Anthony Brown.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, first of all, just on the the thing you said about Anthony Brown keeping the ball, it was at least three or four times on the read option. If he keeps it, I mean, there's literally nobody. They weren't honoring it. Yeah. 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 You know, so I, I, I would imagine that maybe they did get in his ear and just say, hey, You know, play it safe because behind you, obviously, Brad Hundley got called up. But they don't want to have to go to (laughs) Brad Hundley if they don't have to. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they're they're at Anthony Brown simply simply out of necessity at this point. So you don't want to have to go to your fourth string quarterback if you don't have to. Also, maybe it's like, you know, you may end up having to play next week. We don't want them to really be able to yep. gauge what, what your, your entire repertoire yeah. right now. Let's let's just keep it very surface level and, and only give them what we want them to see. Uh, also, as far as Tyler Huntley, yeah, I, I think it's ultimately going to come down to his health. A part of me says if Tyler Huntley is telling them that he can play, he's probably going to play. Um, but preferably, I don't – I don't think you're going to get anything different from Tyler Huntley than what you've seen already this season. Um, I like Jeff think that he is much better than what we've seen down the stretch of the season. I mean, I know it's the preseason and preseason doesn't matter, but you can make the argument. He might've been the best quarterback in the preseason. This and the entire, the entirety of the preseason around the league. Uh, Also last year, Mark Andrews was able to really get, get his all pro through Tyler Huntley force feeding him the ball. And he looked, pretty good doing it. Uh, not to say that he looked like a starter last year, but he looked substantially better than he does this year. This year, he just looks like he has no confidence. It looks like his arm really can't be depended on. He doesn't trust his arm. That that last pick he threw in that Steelers game probably should tell you where his shoulder is right now because he, I, I believe if he's healthy, he could at least make a better throw than what he made to end that game on that interception to make a Fitzpatrick. So, uh, I think if it comes down to health, Anthony Brown will be out there. And I think, look, I'll be honest. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to pick the Ravens to win against Cincinnati this week. But do I feel a little more optimistic about their chances this week as opposed to what I did week 18? I actually kind of do. Uh, and maybe it's just because I felt like while Cincinnati may not have been giving them their A plus game, I felt like they threw – their best that somewhat of their best shot at the Ravens a little bit I think that they really did try to blow them out they just couldn't do it um now maybe next week when they're playing a little more within themselves and not looking to just you know score 20 points on one throw maybe it's a it's a different situation but I feel like the Ravens kind of took their shot they absorbed it and they're like okay yeah we got knocked down but I think I can. I, I felt your power. I feel like I can I can hang with you a little bit in the ring, especially once I get some of my uh my my playmakers back on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think if they're able to really run the ball with J.K. and this defense can do what they've done all year, they'll have a chance. The question is. Can the Ravens score two touchdowns? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's that's really what it's going to boil down to. It almost two happened.
2: Two I mean, Anthony Brown gave it to them. They just didn't want it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I don't I don't know if if they if they'll be able to score two touchdowns mixed in with a quite a few a couple of field goals. Obviously, because like I've been saying, the Bengals will have that one half to where they go ghost. Can the Ravens score during that time period? I I can't say that I'm confident that they will.
2: Uh, All I know guys is that nearly 400 yards with the third string quarterback against starting there's the Bengals starting defense is nasty business. And so I I, I take that what you will. I'm just saying that turnovers essentially had a big part in this, in in that game. And so you'd like to assume that if Brown plays that eventually he got a rhythm and got a little bit comfortable. And so it would be interesting to see how that goes. If he somehow had to play again um, in Sunday's matchup. So we'll find out shortly what we're going to do here. But uh, until then, I I was just curious to know what what way you guys would go if need be.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
2: All right, guys, before we get to our final segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so you can get all the new content from Cordell and me. Okay, guys, we have seen this only one time, and that is just due to the new alignment in the playoffs. Um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh were the first teams to play each other back-to-back. Um, And I think that with now seven teams, this is a very likely thing we're going to start to see moving forward. But as of right now, this is like an anomaly type of situation um, where you're going to play not only, you know, a team three times in a season, but back to back and a division rival. And again, I already acknowledge that Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh did it a couple of years ago, um, but the Ravens are now the next recipient of that in which they play the Cincinnati Bengals on the road um, for the third time this season. So, it it's this rivalry has gotten a little testy. Yeah. We heard players coming out uh, from the Bengals saying, "Well, they were playing; they were you know doing some dirty things." And you have the the Bengals fan base posting videos, and, and and mind you, I've seen all the videos. I don't see what they see, but you know, hey, you know, if you want something to be, you'll you'll make it in your head to be. And the Ravens flock going at it with the Bengals fan base, so. This rivalry is getting it, – it reminds me of the days when Pittsburgh and Cincinnati were good at the same time, and they were going back and forth, you know, the days of Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, and they had Vontaze Berfic, um, you know, and then Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Antonio Brown. It, it's starting to get like that. Um, And it's a, just an, a very interesting situation in terms of what we see in terms of the fan bases communicating with each other on social media. So obviously, this is going to have to play into this game, right? I mean, mm. clearly it has, you know, boiled over into the fan bases, but the players are playing up to it too. Now, I, I don't know if you guys heard anything from the Ravens players because all I'm seeing is content from the Bengals players saying, you know, that they were doing this and doing that. But 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 when you start looking at the tape. It's very weird to me that they feel this way because I've seen some questionable things that the Bengals had done in that game as well. So it's a, it's a very interesting part of this game and an additional, you know, context to what this rivalry has been renewed to and has become.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the funny thing is. Well, not the funny thing, but I, you know, I we were in the locker room pretty late, uh, waiting for some guys. You know, Ronnie Stanley, we were waiting for him and, and a couple of the other guys, and I could tell you there was some complaints from the Ravens too. Just you know, not on the record, but just right. talking, talking amongst themselves. So yeah, that was that was kind of two sided. I, I was a little surprised it became such a big story out of Cincinnati. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think you. I think there was obvious. The Ravens defense decided they were going to play physical. They are going to play through the whistle. They were going to try to send a message: we're not backing down. We're not going anywhere. They were flying around. I mean, man, was Kyle Hamilton physical? Mm-hmm. I, I yes. mean, wow, that's that was that was probably his best game. I mean, Roquan Smith. I think we're seeing how great of a player he is every week. He's all over the field. Him and Jamar Chase had a little thing going. It was clear. I don't think. I think the Ravens there was definitely talk about being physical with these guys. And, and that's what you have to do against a, a high-flying offense like that. Um, but some of the stuff is, is so laughable. I I, I mean – you know the one play with Roquan bumped uh, Jamar Chase in the end zone you know what that reminded me of that reminded me of when i was in high school in between periods and i'd be walking down the hall and one of my friends would have his head down and i'd give him a little shoulder in the chest it's kind of like just to let him know i'm there i mean yeah. are we talking about that as a dirty play i mean Necessary, no extracurricular, yes, but dirty, come on. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, even the ball, you know, like some of the things, it just it seems like we're all trying so hard, uh, to find stuff. Well, you know, when it looks to me like a, a chippy AFC North football game between two teams that don't like each other, and two coaches, by the way, who are not fans of each other, and that becomes more and more clear every week. Um, And I think that's great. Uh, I don't think diving at the knees is good. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I I don't, I I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, And, but I didn't really see a whole lot of that, that kind of, that's what I view as dirty or late hits or people targeting headshots. I didn't see any of that stuff. I mean, maybe I have to go back, watch the state tape, but I did see a chippy spirited divisional game. I expect to see the same Sunday. This is, these are two teams that, that don't like each other. And, and I think well, you know, I, I think the Ravens have had long had this rap reputation as this trash talking, intense kind of renegade kind of outfit, but, i mean if you think about it since last year it's actually the Bengals yeah most of the talking i mean it was the Bengals receivers uh in the offseason celebrating what they did to the ravens and joe burrow talking about how much he loves to beat the ravens and you know the it just it, it's kind of the it, i think it was uh jesse bates saying we can't wait to send these guys home uh, on sunday i mean most of the talking has been done from the other side which is kind of interesting but Uh, No harm, no foul to me. I think this is great. I think this is becoming a great rivalry. Uh, I think you got to love it. I think that's one of the reasons, you know, Aaron Rodgers losing is probably the other, but I think it's one of the reasons this game was picked for prime time. Uh, And I think you kind of embrace it as long as, you know, we're not celebrating here, people getting hurt. And and people diving at knees. That's when it goes overboard. I think what I saw Sunday was just a real spirited, chippy game between two teams that don't like each other. And 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 that I commend. I think that's great going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, this is this is AFC North football. I I took what I saw Sunday as you know, this is just a good old-fashioned division matchup of two teams who understand that you know they're in the hunt they're in the that the second season which is the playoffs and especially considering that they knew that they were probably going to be playing each other that next day It just added more field to the fire. And both teams had their issues for their own individual reasons. The Ravens felt like that they were probably snubbed of of the division of what all went on, uh, the situation in Buffalo and Cincinnati game before. Obviously not what happened in the game, but just the ramifications and how that changed the dynamics as uh, for the Ravens' chances to win the AFC North. And the Bengals, they let it be known that they did not like the idea of the coin toss. They did it in the, the celebration, which I wasn't surprised about. I'm glad Joe Mixon was able to do it because at least he could kind of I, I, – I at least I think he's the best se- touchdown celebrator on that team. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't <laughs> mad that it was him that got to, got to do it, though, but – yeah, I mean, they let it be known throughout the week that they didn't like that idea. So I think that both of these teams came in feeling like they're going to let the other team know how they felt about it in between the white lines. And you you got what you got. Um, the, the Bengals have been talking a lot. You know, like you said, Jeff, they, they talked really all offseason. They kept mentioning the Ravens. They talked each time. And I mean, they gave it to them both times that they played last year. They didn't let up at all. Um, And I'm pretty sure the Ravens let them hear about it earlier in the year after they beat them at M&T Bank Stadium. So this is just what you're getting in this rivalry. And football, especially this time of the year, ain't supposed to be nice. You know, I I don't want to see guys helping each other up off the ground, (laughs) patting each other on the butt, good hit. No, I want to see guys in each other's faces. And I'm not upset with the Ravens defense for being as physical as they were. That's how you combat that type of speed and athleticism that the Bengals have on their offense. You got to hit them in their mouth and see how they respond. I always say that's the same thing about playing the Dolphins. You want to beat a team that has that much speed, hit them hard and see how much they're running after that. So, you know, I, I thought that the, the Ravens came out and they did, while they did lose, they let the Bengals know, like, you know, we are here um, and, and we're, we're not afraid of you guys. And yeah, we know that, you know, you're kind of on the ups, Right now, coming off the Super Bowl appearance last year, looking like they could go back to the Super Bowl again this year. You know, I, they've got the Ravens have a lot of prideful guys on that defensive side of the ball. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that they were letting the Bengals players know about it. And there were some big hits yeah. laid, on, laid on these guys in and on from both teams. I mean, you had the Chuck. The Chuck Clark hit, I think, on Tyler Boyd. You had the Daryl Worley hit on T Higgins, and then you got Tyus Bowser getting drove out of out of bounds, almost looking like a scene out of Blind Side. <laughs> I mean, and Tyus <laughs> Bowser's a big dude. I mean, Reed, I know you do the show with him weekly, yeah. and Jeff, I know you've been up close. I mean, he's a big
2: dude, yeah. and I'm going to ask he, him about it too. I, I'm going to ask driven, him about what
0: oh, happened. Uh, with that. Yeah, he to see him driven out of bounds like that. It, it It was kind of like, okay, this is this is what we're doing out here today. i I love it. I think it's only gonna get ratcheted up even more uh in the wild card round. but it's like just said, as long as you're keeping it clean, as long as both teams aren't doing anything stupid to penalize themselves and potentially get thrown out the game or something like that. I'm all for it. It's, a, it's supposed to be this way. I mean, it, it, it you think back to a lot of the Ravens and Steelers games, it's a lot of that, a lot of talking, a lot of extracurricular activity. And it's crazy to me that one of the guys that, you know, has been in the middle of kind of all of this has been Tyler Lindebaum, because coming out of college, one of the knocks, at least I was hearing from some of the national guys is, oh, well, there's worrisome that he doesn't play through the whistle he doesn't have that nastiness to his game but i mean i when i would go back and watch some of his college highlights and we did the off the record with joe ortiz and stuff and he shows some of the highlights of some of their college guys you could see on film this is a dude that he will Mm. hunt you out and and he's gonna find somebody to hit and really that has got that is that mentality has grown for him over the course of the season Tyler Linderbaum is playing with a ton of confidence and he's kind of taking on that nastiness that you want from your offensive lineman. So I really have no issues with this. I expect Sunday night to be just as, just as intense. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a better game. And like I said, the last segment, I, I really think that the Ravens are going to, I, I'm more optimistic about them having a legit chance in this one after what I saw on Sunday.
2: And you should, right? Because, like, I'm looking at the statistics right now. I mean, the Ravens beat them in total yards, total plays. Um, they beat them in first downs. The time of possession, no, rushing. So, th- and, and mind you, they didn't play Mark Andrews. They didn't play Kevin Zeitler. They they, they play their third-string quarterback who they picked up off the practice squad. So, you should feel – look, oh, I'm with all the trash talking. Two things I'm not with. The whining. I can't stand that. I can't stand the whining. I think that uh, from the players. I, I don't. I don't like that because, like you, you both acknowledge. Both of y'all was being chippy. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just one-sided. There's clear evidence that that you, the Bengals, were being chippy as well. So you got to own that. And then, two, you're doing a lot of talking and having a lot of celebrations when you break this down. Over-celebrating, Over-celebrating. When you break this all down, three turnovers is essentially the difference. And also, Jeff, I acknowledge that if the Ravens decide in the first quarter to take the points, take the three, and then one of the guys – catches the touchdown in the two passes that Anthony Brown throws it in the the, the end zone that were catchable passes then that's a four-point. That's a four-point game, and it's very possible that you you play that game a little differently down the stretch if you're the Ravens. So you know, uh, it's it's fun. I enjoy the celebrations, although I think it's very corny to do against the guy that was just on the practice squad a couple of weeks ago. I it's very corny, but it's also entertaining. I, I, I'm not yeah. lie. the 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 one that they did uh, sitting down and acting like they was on the ride fun. I loved it. I just think, that, I just think that you're being a little overzealous and you're, you're selling the Ravens short, which is probably why they start, they played the way that they did in that game, because you know, you're doing an awful lot when you're not playing against their best. And that also includes guys on the other side. Cause you had no Marcus Peters. So I, you know, I, I'm excited about this game for a lot of reasons, Um, I think that both teams play into this as well. Not necessarily, it doesn't really feel like Harbaugh does it out loud, but I'm sure he does it behind the scenes and talking to his guys about the Bengals.
1: Oh, there's no doubt that will be a talking point this week. There's yeah. no doubt there'll be stuff on the video board that they have in the meeting room of quotes from the Bengals. As I said, it feels kind of different. I mean, usually the Ravens are the one and it usually the Ravens are the team kind of known for the bravado and the swagger. And, yeah. and I'm not saying they back down, but it's just not been the the story really there with them. And I'm and, a confident group these days. <laughs> yeah, and, and it just it does it does. You know, it's funny. I, I I think the Bengals are super and, and like a really good team. In fact, I'm not convinced they're not the best team. In AFC. the AFC. I, I I worry mean- about you know for the Bills. I worry about not having Von Miller in crunch yep. time. He's the ultimate. Yep. He's the ultimate closer. Tre'Davious White's a stud, but he isn't. Yep. Tre'Davious Tre'Davious White right now with the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the Chiefs, I mean. I mean, that that's defense
0: chase. Yeah, and
1: that's been a carry job by Mahomes. At what At what point does he kind of buckle? I, I honestly think Bengals may be the best team. I've I've been saying that for about six weeks. So uh, this isn't taking anything away from them, but they clearly enjoy or put up these perceived slights, and they seem to like being that team. You know whether it was. Wink Martindale last year, or was it Justin Reed earlier this year, or Tom Brady saying they have a pretty good defense and that becoming a slight. Um, and now I'm sure it's going to be something else, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's fun because they seem to be the one doing most of the talking in, in a lot of this, which is kind of makes it interesting. I, I think it's going to be a really fun game Sunday. Um, I, I do. I I, I think um know the ravens really have to take advantage of the Bengals' offensive line uh it's alex kappa who according to people in cincinnati has been their best all-around offensive lineman uh it would be a surprise if he plays you know the Mm -hmm. right tackle collins isn't playing um ravens have to win you know a lot of times playoff football is one up front ravens have to dominate on both fronts if they dominate on both fronts um you know I think they have a decent shot I mean I'm not going to pick them I don't think it's still a little early in the week I want to see if Lamar Jackson uh plays uh I still worry about the Ravens not being able to score enough points I don't know how you can can you know not worry about that but um I don't think the Ravens are afraid of this matchup one bit in fact how the John Harbaugh approached that game Sunday tells me they were completely content with coming back to Cincinnati a week later yeah, two quick things. Uh, one, I, I do agree that the
0: Bengals are kind of playing this psychological game all year to where they're trying to hype themselves up or always make it out to feel like they've been disrespected. They were saying a lot about that's what Georgia's been doing uh, all year during the national championship as well, kind of just psyching themselves out to, to feel like they have this chip on their shoulder. But I feel like a part of it with Cincinnati is that they've stunk for so long that, you know, these new guys are here and they're just like, man, we, you know, for, for years, Cincinnati has been the the laughing stock of the league and that's changing now. And I think that they are really trying to remind everybody, every opportunity they get, that this is not the same old Bengals that we've been watching over the last couple of years. And they're going to show you on the field and they're going to let you hear about it uh, as well. The other thing is really, you were talking about the Ravens and, just out, just the numbers and how the Ravens on the stat sheet uh um, looks like they outplayed the Bengals. A lot of factors in that, obviously, just according to game flow. But one thing to really that caught that really caught my eye. You look at the second half where the Bengals only scored three points. Yep. They were over seven on third downs in yep. that in the second half. I mean, there, it was clearly something that the Ravens had going that the Bengals just could not shake. They could not sustain drives. They couldn't get. Uh, the yards they needed on those money third downs. And if the Ravens are going to be able to have that type of success, especially on third downs, you I mean, you'll be in the game against anybody. Obviously, it's all going to boil down to how much can they score? Yes. Is Harv's going to get to the point to where he is taking the three? Or is he going to still try to go for the touchdowns? And I've been on each side of the aisle, depending on the situation as far as these aggressive Going forward on fourth downs, taking a field goals. The one common thing has been the poor play calling on these fourth downs. They they have the play calling has been treacherous uh, in some of these third and short or fourth and short situations. I don't think the issue for me has been more so the decision to go for it. It's been the play call that they decide to go with that just ends up stinking. I mean, they ran that basic uh, halfback dive on the fourth. Fourth down call the other day against Cincinnati. And it's just like, I, I mean, anybody could see that coming. It's just, it's just some of their play calls is just head scratches at best. They got to clean up the play calling not only on fourth and short situations, but in the red zone in general. They've got to get over this hump in the red zone and start scoring touchdowns. They have been able to sustain drives and get down there. They're just coming up short because they're either going for it on fourth downs and not getting it. Or turning it over, or if they do choose to do so, sometimes they'll settle for the three. But it in, it ends up being minute because they can't get the touchdowns to kind of go along with the couple of field goals that they do settle for. So it'll all both. I mean, it's it's kind of ABCs. But can the Ravens outscore Cincinnati? That's really what it's going to boil down to.
2: Yeah, and I think that the defense will have a lot to to. to- do with that um as long as the ravens don't find a way to turn it over the way that they did um last sunday so i don't know who starting quarterback is going to be uh but if it's anthony brown i'm praying that the spirit of willie beeman comes down and takes over him and, and helps this young man will his way to uh an unprecedented uh win against cincinnati in the playoffs we'll find out to be determined. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, This was really great talking to you, and um, please let everyone know uh, where they can find your work.
1: Well, yeah, I've enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much for including me. Um, I'm at The Athletic. I've actually been on a, um, you know, like basically an 11-week parental leave here, and while, you know, I've still been covering the team, trying to uh, you know, I've gone to most of the games, but uh, I haven't been able to go out there in the week. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll be out there this week. I'm looking forward to it. Planning to write a little more this week for obvious reasons and uh, should be an exciting, uh, exciting week. I mean, uh, Thursday is the 10 year anniversary of the Mile High Miracle. So, uh Whoa. We'll see what that brings. The Ravens could use some magic here. Lamar Jackson could use some magic with that knee here going forward. So uh, it should be fun. I mean, the Ravens, obviously, this is a flawed team in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of teams that wish they were in their situation right now. So uh, you have to enjoy these playoff games.
2: Like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Had yeah. to put that in there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again so much for joining us. Thanks, this was Jeff. just a great conversation that Thanks, guys. Have. Thanks, everyone, for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.